do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Are bestsellers all they're hyped up to be? The Terrible Book Club explores whether or not you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. If you've ever seen a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Hello and welcome to episode 160 of the Tower of Book Club. I'm Chris and this is Paris. Hello. This time we read Millennium University by Jay Shuntal, self-published in 2021. I found this during an Amazon short reads dive. I like to do that now because, boy, it gives us short books to read that I can really just dive through in one sitting. It's like a snack. It's like a terrible snack. Like, <laughs> like Necco wafers. You know? Oh, no, God. Really the like worst those. candy. Those are the worst candy. Uh, you know, say and I'm saying this as a native New Englander. <laughs> Necco wafers. They come from here, but we wish they didn't. Trust me, nobody likes them. I, they are they are <laughs> like Paris, I just came up with the worst <laughs> snack meal. Necco, Necco wafers, <laughs> Moxie on the side. Oh god. <laughs> oh, fuck me. That is just bad. Just like no one's enjoying themselves in that scenario. That has to be what they serve when you're like entering purgatory like in the waiting room before they're like sending you to your final destination. You're like, "Oh man, are there snacks?" They're like, "Yeah." You're like, "Yay!" And then it's Necco wafers and Moxie and you just like That's wish all. you were in hell like <laughs> I mean, at least there would be some feeling in the in the hell candy or hell snacks. Yeah, would... yeah, maybe hell snacks. At least you you know you get a little little zap, <laughs> something. Hell snacks is just like like old old chips, like really old chips. Oh no, hell snacks is like jerky made of people you love, but it actually tastes really good. So you <laughs> Jesus just keep Christ! It. <laughs> in heaven, Paris. I feel like that's a all right. I, I will I will agree. You're right. That is that is an absolute hell snack. I was just like, what if the chips are really, really stale and you're like about meat of the people you love? <laughs> Certainly outclassed me on that one. That idea is copyrighted 2023. Uh Paris of the Terrible Book Club. Do not do not steal. Do not steal. Don't make people jerky or else you owe Don't Paris make jerky money. from the people you love, or you'll be hearing from my lawyers. Anyway, and probably the state of <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, so I, this was just in the Amazon Short Reads dive, um, and it made both our terrible ears perk up. Yeah, it was really the cover and the title. We were like, Millennium <laughs> University. It's kind of odd. And then we looked at the, the cover, and I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the cover later, but let's just say it, uh, yeah, it may have, may have sealed this book's fate. Uh, all right. Okay. If this is your first time listening to the show, we normally do not open talking about making jerky from your loved ones. What we normally do uh, is read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Uh, sometimes we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend. But other times, you know, we just kind of find things in the wild like today. 
So overall, we do the opposite of what most people do in a bookstore or while they're browsing the internet. And usually, this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, but once in a while, we do actually end up liking the book. Uh, not much for content warnings today. You know, our usual barnyard language, always making an appearance. Today's episode, well, I guess it includes cannibalism accidentally at the top there. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Um, all we've really got in this book, there's like a, there's a, a drugging at a club and like the idea of an assault, but it never occurs. So I guess the only thing you got here is like getting drugged at a club. Then maybe be worried about that if, if, I don't know, that's a thing that really bugs you. Yeah, that's kind of it. It's pretty clean this week. Okay. I'll read the back of the book summary here designed to draw you in to read this. It certainly did it for us. Yeah. <laughs> Take it away, Chris. Millennium University is about a college student, Gia Williams, comes to save the day for Maxis Millennium University College. It's both. Don't worry about it. It's, God, it's both. I there is a difference, right? Like I, I understand that they are different things, but I don't understand what the difference is. Oh, between a university and a college? Yes. A college only grants undergraduate degrees and universities grant both undergraduate and graduate, and there are some other uh, distinctions, but that's kind of the main one. Can you tell I never went to grad school? <laughs> it's okay. Most people haven't gone to grad school, Chris. I know, but that like that's how how you would know the difference, I think. Anyway, back to this. She meets a college student by the name of on Vin Hawkins, who is also a main character. That's in the summary. That's not me adding <laughs> yeah. that in. That's in there. Oh. That quickly falls for her. He falls for him, too. What was supposed to be a night of fun turns into a night of horror and embarrassment when Gia is drugged by a club goer. Will she regain her life back? Will she conquer the college's lioness dance line at finals? Find out. Rough. There's already a style (laughs) evident here, which is going to be quickly the thing that this book uh, brings to the table. A distinctive university college style. (laughs) Yes. University of college style. Did you learn to write like this? Well, I went to university college, actually. No, the university of collage. (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) Okay. Um, Characters and setting here. We have Gia. The, I guess the mainer main character, and also Tonvin, who goes by T, who is also a main character, as the summary told us. <laughs> Calvin and Griselda, who are Gia's parents. Uh, T's parents also make an appearance at some point, but I, don't, I forget what their names are. Yeah, they weren't very notable. Yeah. yeah. A handful of Gia's friends and step crew par- partners. Um, Slide, Tonvin's friend and fellow engineer. An audio engineer, by the way. Three, girl who wants to move in on Tonvin. And then Bones with a Z slash Bones with an S. It's both ways in this book. <laughs> yeah. Flirt with Griselda. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read our summary. We uh, like to provide you with a summary of basic plot points before we get going on discussing how we felt about the book. Just so you as a listener sort of know what happened, what's going on, the general vibe, you know. <clears throat> Gia gets drugged at a club, but the guy who drugged her is too lazy to actually kidnap and assault her, and so does not. Instead, T finds her and rescues her and brings her to the hospital. 
Her parents are worried there will be a scandal which will jeopardize Gia's career if it's discovered that she was drugged at a club, where we later find out it's because she was drinking underage, but that is not made clear until the 11th hour of this book. <laughs> there is a series of dance competitions of which we can tell you nothing about, aside from the fact that there was dancing, and Gia's team, as well as T's team, easily move onward through the various competitions and battles. I mean, they danced well, so I guess I have to imagine the kind of dance moves... We just had to imagine them. There was no description. Just dancing. Whatever whatever kind of dancing you want to imagine, I guess. Whatever, uh, I guess, generically step and or line dance, perhaps? There's, a, there's like the line dancers there, right? The lioness yeah. line dancers? I, yeah, I don't know. T finds out it was his boy Slide who drugged Gia, so he rushes over to their shared recording studio and punches him. Later, during a separate session at this studio, his ex Bree walks in and kisses him. Gia, of course, walks in on this at just the right moment to see that kiss and leaves before T can say anything. She immediately breaks up with him and refuses to answer his texts and calls. T and Gia's teams win the dance tournament and also, I think, become homecoming queen and king. Yes. And Gia finally hears T out because that's how things end in these kind of books, right? They live happily millennia after. <laughs> Paris, let me. can I ask you something? Sure. <laughs> sure. What was millennium about this? Um, it was just the name of the, what's the name? Maxis Millennium University College. Yes, that was the, the totally oh. accredited <laughs> college, accredited by the yeah. East Coast Commission of Non-Accredited Schools, just yeah. like Everest College. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't really know why that was the choice because, I mean, I guess it could have taken place in the year 1999 or 2000 we seem to be mired in that year as the last the previous two books would would confirm why why millennium university i I have no idea why that specifically i don't know um yeah i you know i also have a query for you what is it do colleges have dance battling dance troops i am i just is this like a white person thing that I don't know this exists? I Possibly. Don't... I'm not 100% sure. I'm tr- I don't think they're like affiliated with. Well, they are because there's like a home. Was the homecoming thing separate from the dancing? It was. But the but remember, they're dancing. They show in the book. They, show, well, they don't really show. They just say that they're they're dancing at games. So it's like instead of cheerleaders, yeah. you have dance troops. But then they also mention that the schools have cheerleaders. So I'm like. Did they just have some game that time there? Yeah, it's <laughs> like what? And also, Gia's in uh... this is a cheerleader union game. We can't dance. We can't cheer <laughs> for more than yeah, yeah. one quarter without a break. Yeah, so it's so you know these fucking scabs, the line dancers, and the step crew <laughs> getting in here on the cheer time. Um, no, but seriously, I I also don't understand the difference between like. A step crew and a and the dance line. I mean, I know a drum line's a thing. I don't know. It just it didn't explain at all what these things were. And seeing as this seems as though it's steeped in Black American culture, I feel like maybe maybe I'm just too white and I don't know what these things are. Yeah, but it's also the authors. We're not saying like, oh, no. I would never. Have, we're just curious if that. No, it is a critique because the author should have <laughs> should have written and explained to me what the fuck these things were. Because I still don't know. All right, let's talk about what was good. What was good about this, Chris? Uh, I mean, 
Certainly because of the way it is written, it is intelligible and I understand what event happened after what. Because, I mean, it's so matter-of-factly <laughs> written. Like, yeah. Oh, Paris, I just figured out what this is, actually. What? what? This, what in this it? moment. Okay, it's not a review, but you know when people ask us to do objective reviews and we always make the joke about, like, this <laughs> book has 67 pages. It contained this. That's yes. what the... This is the fiction equivalent, a work of fiction equivalent of like an objective book. Nothing yeah. is really described in any ma- like there's like a distinct lack of adjectives in here. <laughs> I gotta say. Well, and then the adjectives that do make an appearance are often bizarre and poorly chosen. It's just it's really <laughs> out there. Um, yeah, there were times where I was reading this and I was like, well, at least it's like. At least I can follow what's happening because sadly, this is a bar that not all terrible books we've read previously have met. Yes, um, we gotta commend the books that do manage to do that. But yeah, it's almost like like the pacing was just it. It felt more like reading a a TV script than a book in a lot of ways because you know TV scripts are are usually low on description because it's typically at you know the director and producers you know whatever their their ideas of what they want to happen while while shooting but yeah it's very much just like people walk into a room this thing happens this person says this they move to a different place you know it's very this and then this and then this and chris i feel like your, your description of the pace yes because it's like you mentioned that like people go here and there like in one sentence it'll be like and then gia fell asleep and then she woke up again and then mm-hmm. she went to the coffee shop to meet with her friends and it's like in that sentence you didn't really have to like why not have a paragraph break there or later on when it starts talking about the dance competitions for a book that's ostensibly a lot about dance competitions it is mostly just and then the team went on and they danced they did it pretty good the next team goes on and dances well as well afterwards they celebrated at the store <laughs> i yeah there's no <clears throat> there's no description of like how things are happening how people feel like none of that it's just alien land so to me, this feels like it's paced as if the author has to move to the next scene in, in under two pages, or the bus that he's on will explode. Because, well, no, this God is, forbid. This is, this is, right, the new action thriller from the combined <laughs> minds of Random House and Jean Dupont, director of Speed, Twister, and Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. <laughs> I already know that they danced. Now move on to the next thing, or else everyone's going to get it. I'm sorry. I just, I wanted to describe one thing. You can't, or else everybody dies. You must only write. <laughs> Coming soon to theaters in fall 2020. It's really, that is what it felt like. Um, so I, sorry, I know we dipped a little bit into things that weren't good, but to recap, the thing that the low hanging fruit here was that events happened. We could tell what events were happening when the end. Um, the only other good thing about this is that I thought the dialogue was actually generally realistic for this age group and, like, what was happening. And it's written with, like, African-American English sensibilities, but it doesn't take it to the point of, like, absurdity. We've we've read a lot of books where the writing tries to imitate black American speech and it's just really awful and racist. And this was very normal. Like, this is how I imagine 19, 20-year-olds would talk. So... I thought that was fine. You know, it made it yeah. mostly made okay. sense. It wasn't it was great, but that. like again, <laughs> if you were watching this as a 
after school special like SVU and this this dialogue happened, I would be like <laughs> what? Like the after school special episode of Law and Order SVU? No, I'm saying I mean SVU is basically an after school special for adults, like let's be real. It's, True, it is very like on a very special episode, but it's all the episodes. Yes, and I mean, you know, when I was thinking it, when I was reading this, that's kind of what was going through my mind. And I could hear these pieces of dialogue being spoken by various like SVU guests and stuff. And I was like, okay, I guess if I, if I were to watch an actor act this out, the dialogue would work. It would be fine. I mean, True. on the page, There's one it's not... specific line we'll get to that I definitely want to see many acting <laughs> yeah. interpretations of. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that therein ends the things that were good about this book, sadly. Um, its life was brief and, and bright. <laughs> But alas, here we are at things that were bad. Yeah, let's get right off on like the immediate beginning that we didn't even notice until moments before recording. <laughs> well, I mean, like sweet, sweet Satan in hell, this fucking cover, man. Like if you, I, you'll see it when you know the episode uh, goes up on social media. So Chris and I, what Chris was just referring to, we didn't notice a very like chef's kiss detail about this until <laughs> right before we hit record. Um, so the cover is like just kind of an orange to yellow gradient and like an a red and yellow shitty word scroll i like image like it's word art word. yeah this cover was made in microsoft word and it says millennium university jay chantal and there's like dance really shitty generic dancing graphics and they're not the backgrounds aren't transparent so they're just kind of pasted there with their white backgrounds still visible and the just the really the the seal on this deal is whenever this person took a screenshot instead of just turning it into a pdf or downloading or like doing any yeah just turning it into a pdf you know. and exporting it um they took a screenshot of the cover they made in word and Right as they clicked that screenshot button, it captured the blinking cursor icon, and so that's now forever immortalized on the <laughs> cover of their book. So, take care, folks. Amazing. Amazing. Take care. <laughs> yeah, in any case, yeah, this cover is just its just a travesty. I mean, that's, one, that's what drew us to it. It looks terrible, and I feel like it delivered in that respect. Yep, it definitely, uh, we judged the book by its cover, and I feel it was mostly accurate. I mean, the cover is also somewhat objectivist, I guess, in the sense <laughs> that it's just like, yes, there is a, there's a college, so a scroll and dancing people, that's all you need. Yeah, and I, I would, I would just rather it be a color with the title on it. You know, like, if, if you can't, if you can't access good cover art due to, you know, financial constraints or whatever, just don't. Don't try to do it yourself. Don't don't do this. Don't do this. Please. Just I would rather it just be the title on the cover. Don't don't try to make your own book cover and word, please. This <laughs> is not good. Yeah, the the pacing's all over the place. You know, we're either speeding through scenes like we're, you know, in the cast right to the new action thriller, um, huh? or we're painstakingly counting arm stretches. <laughs> Chris, really? I was pain, watching like, Chris multiple die in arm real stretches. <laughs> in the notes, I was just—they're like, counting to ten while they do their stretches, and mm -hmm. they count all the numbers in there. They do it at least three or four times. Although later on in the in the book, the author just says, and then they count it to ten. So I was like, ah, a lesson was learned somewhere along the line. <laughs> at least. 
I just kept seeing notes from Chris being like, my life is slipping from me. Please take me from this world. Well, there was one particular moment there. It wasn't the arm stretches. It was, um, I'm going to read this passage, actually. Oh, it was the clapping. Yeah. Or so there, it's during the homecoming thing, and they're announcing uh, the candidates for homecoming queen being escorted by, I guess, their date here. Um, so I'm going to read this section here. You'll, you'll understand what I mean. Cubs dance line are finishing up their number. Now, what we have all been waiting for, give it up for the Maxis Millennium Lions homecoming court. Crowd cheers. Everybody and their escorts walk onto the field spread out. Now, if you will turn your attention to our candidates. Band faces each other and allow room for the candidates to make way. From the sophomore class, we have Rebecca Hart escorted by Robert Gray. Parentheses, they walk down the field. Crowd cheers. Next, we have Lisa Vanda escorted by Ton Van Hawkins. Parentheses, they walk down the field. Crowd cheers. From our junior class, we have Sydney Lee escorted by Timothy Tate. Parentheses, they walk down the field. The crowd cheers. Next, we have Ashley Billeen escorted by Brady Housley. Parentheses, they walk down the field. The crowd cheers. From our senior class, we have Alicia Dunn escorted by Damian Pratt. Parentheses, they walk down the field. The crowd cheers. Next, Gia Williams escorted by Xavier Lewis. Parentheses, they walk down the field. The crowd cheers. Last, we have Danielle Willis escorted by Christopher Beck. They walk down the field. The crowd cheers. Let's give it up for our homecoming Mountain Lions homecoming court. Our sophomore attendant is Lisa Vander. The crowd cheers as Lisa walks forward to get her flower, and then she walks back to her escort. Our junior attendant is Sydney Lee. The crowd cheers as Sydney walks forward to get her flower, and then she walks back to her escort. Lee stands beside Griselda, very proud, clapping and cheering. And our senior attendant is Danielle Willis. The crowd cheers as Danielle walks forward to get her flower, and then she walks back to her escort. Harris? <laughs> yes. Why would you... Why, why would you keep just using the same text over and over? That This is... Perhaps the most painful section I've read in, like, out of all the books where I'm like, you keep going on and on about this about this same point, literally using the same text about eight times in a row, hurt me in a way I didn't know I could be hurt <laughs> until now. Yeah, and and also like, what is the you what's the utility of describing every single one of those pairs walking? You gotta make sure it's fair to everyone. Everyone's no. gotta get a crowd cheer. No. You needed one sentence that said, Gia got homecoming queen and this person got the other one and everyone ha- and everyone cheered for all of them as they walked I mean, I out and accepted their the gifts. The rest of the book is done, that's fine too. It's, yeah, it, it's the, the choice as to like what to spend time on and what to not spend time on are baffling. Again, I, yeah, the pacing is terrible. The editing, also terrible, if you haven't figured that out yet, um, especially with some strange word choices that definitely need some thought. Um, the adjective prissily, prissily is used a couple of times to just describe women doing anything, which is really <laughs> not a great choice. <laughs> yeah. um, there's some other really great phrases, like she toots her nose up. What is... What does that mean? Is she tilting it up? Is she is she honking her own nose? Like I guess, I, yeah, is I guess she she's like it? honking her own nose a little bit and like blowing it out and like it makes her nose go up like a little nose jet. Yeah, I I don't know. 
Um, due to bad editing, there's actually a sentient kitchen uh, just to make <laughs> an me, appearance. Let me read this this passage here. I got it ready for yeah, you because pretty, I, I enjoyed it. Good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh... In the kitchen, honey, Griselda shouts, Gia leads tea to the kitchen. Kitchen watches as they come in hand in hand. Hey, honey, how was your day? I guess that's also the kitchen asking. The kitchen plans, plots, the ki- and waits. The kitchen watches. <laughs> so watches. it is... <laughs> In the kitchen. kitchen. Just a sentient kitchen. You know, this is, you know, writers everywhere. Make sure no sentient rooms appear because of poor editing. Um, I mean, there, there's kind of an example on almost every other page where something, some kind of editing got dropped. You know, there's like, uh, as you pointed out, there's a, a character whose name gets spelled differently depending on where it shows up. Um, you know, we don't discover until almost the very end that Gia's parents are worried about, um, you know, the incident at the club coming to light because she was drinking underage. There is no mention of that until the end. At the beginning, it's like, oh, they're so worried. And I'm like, but she was the victim here. She got yeah, drunk. She, Why that's, I was very matter? confused as well. I was like, they're like, we can't let it get out. And I'm like, what? That someone attempted to assault her? Yeah, I just didn't understand because she wasn't actually assaulted. So... You know, because I understand, you know, people have, like, weird fucking shitty ideas about that. But I was like, someone drugged her drink. I don't get it. And then right at the very end, it's like, oh, she was drinking underage. I was confused by that because she's supposedly a senior. But she's a senior at university, but she's under 21? I That's Rules are not different explained. at university college. <laughs> senior comes first. They start you young. You start at university yeah. <laughs> college in 16. Yeah, so that like that also is just like a weird detail that probably should have been caught with some, some like you know better readers or editing. I mean, there's just there's just weird mistakes all over the place that don't <clears throat> really makes any sense. Um, we discover, you know, for no reason at all, there's just a a subplot that happens for two pages where it's like. Gia also fights in underground boxing tournaments, and you're like, wait, what? Why is that relevant? This what? never comes up again. It is just mentioned like, hey, did you know Gia boxes? And that's it? Yeah, it's really confusing, because it seems like her whole life is this dance thing in school, and then it's like, oh, she's also Also boxing. boxing. She's got hands and feet, turns out. <clears throat> she's also in Fight Club. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some other strange kind of things that should have been caught by editing were like, Right at the beginning, Gia is currently in a slight coma. All right, people, you're either in a coma or you're not in a coma. There's, I don't think there's, like, degrees of coma. So, like, I don't a think... A slight coma not... is me, like, after taking melatonin. And, like, it's, <laughs> it's like, when I'm just supposed to wake up and I can't quite do it. Just a little, just a little slight coma. Tiny baby coma. No, that's that's me after a weed. That's me after a weed. <laughs> slight coma. Um... Speaking of weed, where do you smoke your weed, Paris? Oh, Oh, you see, I smoke my weed in the problem room, uh, which is, this is yeah, I, I wasn't sure if we should put this in bad parts or like just random other things in the book that were weird. But yeah, I, I guess I'll call this bad. So in Gia's family, her dad and her mom apparently are totally, they their practice in their family is to have the problem room, a room where we listen to records and smoke weed as a family when we got problems, gosh dang <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't sound that bad. It sounds all right. Hopefully, they introduced her to the problem room after she was somewhat of age and not very early on. That's what I was worried about. I was like, you know, there's been a lot of medical studies about how weed affects 
the adolescent brain, you definitely shouldn't be doing that shit when you're like 12, you know. But yeah. I don't know. Gia's uh, 20, maybe at this point. I don't, you I don't know, know. You know, it's a university college senior. That could be anything. She's underage. So. So I guess she can't be 21. Let's say she's 20. In any case, it's really weird that I don't know. I, in some ways, I'm like, this is kind of good parenting, right? Because it's like. When someone in our family has a problem, we go to this room where it's like really chill and we we just talk about it. Like I wanna I wanna support that in this book. I guess this was something that was kind of good. So I think that's cool. That's like a really good function. The parents, Gia's parents in this book are not kind of what you would see in a t- stereotypical like after school special. You know, they're not overly strict or um overbearing. I like the idea that it's like, yeah, we're we're a healthy family. We talk about our problems and we you know, we have the problem room, which I think is a weird thing to call That's it. That's the thing, because, like, before you, they mention the problem room, they're like, let's go to the problem room. And you're like, wait, what? hold on, what, the what room? And yeah, it, you I... don't know what's going on in there until you're behind the closed door. And you're like, I really hope it's going to be fine in here. And then his dad busts out the blunt. And you're like, oh, the problem room. All right, cool. Yeah, I was really worried it was going to be like, and this is where my dad whipped me. But it was not. <laughs> I was very yeah. thankful for that. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess the problem room is, is tough for me. It's like on it's on my fence. It's on the fence here. I'm a little... I feel the like The problem it's... room is outside because smoke bad indoors. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a problem. Yeah, I guess if you ever came to their house, you would you would know that they had a problem room. Uh... <laughs> that's the problem room. Don't go in there. Uh, yeah, there's... Have a pro- Actually, if you have a problem, you probably maybe should go in there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. The, like, I, I was just so sorry. I got interrupted by the problem room while I was looking for <laughs> bad editing. There's this weird idea that like, uh, T's mom is trying to get him to work in the engineering department at school, even though he's an engineering student. And she's like, they have positions that are volunteer or salaried. And I'm like, what? like if you're i just confusing like why would you i mean i guess if you want to do like a work study sure but it's just i don't know it's just presented in a way that's sort of strange like a person who has never been to university college you know um what's interesting to me is that t seems to be some kind of recording studio gopher perhaps also engineer it's unclear if he actually records people i think he does because it says that that's how he makes money, and I was like, "LOL, that you would make any decent money doing that as like an amateur." But okay, hey, maybe maybe they're really you know doing really good in there, uh, but who knows? Because it's very unclear. Because T just kind of is at the studio, and it's really only when he goes to punch slide or when Bree shows up to do your you know cliche, and then my ex kissed me, and my girlfriend walked in at the wrong moment. Yeah. Uh, no idea. It's just, it's just weird. Some weird, weird stuff happening here just due to lack of editing, lack of attention to detail. How about this detail? My One of my favorite lines in the entire thing. Oh. This, my second favorite line, actually. There, I have a more favorite line. <laughs> this one, when uh, it was like at the end of the homecoming celebration, and, uh, you know, it's during the game, maybe after, and this sentence artist of the millennial song comes out and performs to the song 
like no details as if the this singer or performer is perhaps under witness protection in this book and you, you're not allowed to say their name at all the millennium song you know what is the millennial what is millennial song and I'm why assuming... can't you say anything about the artist not even like what they look like what kind of music the what the performance looked like it's just the artist came out and performed the song if anyone asks you about millennium university college you say nothing <laughs> the second rule of Millennium University College is you don't talk about Millennium University College. You don't tell anyone who wrote our song. You don't tell anyone who performs the song. I tell guess. anyone about our dance or step routines. That's that's university property. I yeah. I mean, I can only assume that it it's supposed to be the school theme song, but I don't think schools have so like I don't remember our college having or our university it's like fight excuse songs, me. right? Like yeah. university fight songs or whatever. Maybe. And anyway, in any case, it's just it doesn't make sense. It's weird. Why would you say that? Why would you write that? Why would you not describe <laughs> what's happening more? Tell us why this so this university college has a song. No idea. Um Chris, do you want to close the section with your favorite line? <laughs> Yes. Just Honestly, again, just, uh, lack of editing. <laughs> lack of editing. It's probably not as funny as I think it is to everyone else listening here. But there was a moment I was reading this book um, at eleven thirty at night. My you were in a slight coma at the time. Yeah, I was in a slight coma at the time. <laughs> My partner's asleep next to me. She's in a full coma. I can't really disturb her because she needs that precious sleep. Um, and there's a scene where uh, T has brought Gia home and he's introducing her to his parents. And it's first, it's just his mom. Then his dad walks in and this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be like a funny, you know, moment where like record scratch or something. But apparently he walks in saying, maybe is it not any more popcorn? Stand is supposed to be. Is there any more popcorn? I assume, yeah. <laughs> we well, we could be, but the the phrasing "baby" is it not any more popcorn? I kept imagining someone walking into the room and saying that, and for some reason, in my eleven thirty at night slight coma brain, <laughs> I kept like because this is like a significant other walking in and like asking their you know their partner like, "Hey, where's the popcorn at?" And I kept imagining my friends and their significant others walking into the room just saying, baby, is it not any more pop? Because you could say it so many ways, like like with the sexy version, baby, is it not any more popcorn? Or the, the way where it sounds like you're describing something as being very popcorn, baby, is it not any more popcorn? Is yeah, it not that's any more popcorn I, than this? That's what I actually thought you meant, and then I read the line in context and was like, oh, this is just a weird typo. <laughs> But Paris, I kept for some reason I fixated on Tanner walking into the room that you're recording that in in my head and just going, "Baby, is it not any more popcorn?" And you being mystified as to what the fuck he was talking about. I mean, he does like popcorn, so <laughs> he's gonna walk is... in one day and be like, "Baby, is it not any more popcorn?" And you're <laughs> gonna have to tell him it's not any more popcorn. It is not any more popcorn. Yeah. So again, I mean, this is you know, this is fine. We're having fun with it, but. Just another re, you know, another nail in the editing coffin here, where you know the editing was just summarily murdered and thrown into a shoddy coffin. Please edit your work. Have somebody else look at it, please, please. Um, we've got, ooh, yeah, another another point lost on this book is uh, it's representation of queer people. There's just one page where a guy shows up and he is described as a gay. <laughs> 
A gay. A gay. By the way, if you Park thought that was a gay bad enough, on the, the bow. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would you say okay, that? Okay, if that's not bad enough, his name is Queenie. <sighs> yeah. I First, I that. thought that was going to be like the descriptor they were using for him, but then it's like, oh, that's his name. His name's Queenie. He snaps his fingers when he walks off. And, and of course, all he can talk about is like fucking his friends and how hot Gia is. And if only he wasn't gay. Oh, oh. There's a line Painful. later on where it's like the author trying to make you feel like it's okay. I have gay friends because it says, and Gia smiled as he walked away because she, we are okay with gays here. Oh, yeah, it was a little, it was a little unfortunate. Um, Let's see what else we got. Oh, you know, so you know how you fixated on like, is it not any more popcorn? I fixated on something <laughs> different. So the character Bones, who is just sort of a, I don't know, a friend who just kind of shows up sometimes to say it's some lines. Relief. Yeah, he's sort of the comic relief. He's kind of like the, you know, you're sort of like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, Joker friend kind of mm-hmm. just sort of Last rolls clown. in. Yeah. And he really likes uh, G's mom, Griselda, and he he, I guess hits on her, but it it's not. He just kind of is like, "Ooh, Griselda, Miss Miss G, real hot," and stuff like that a couple of times. And then <laughs> Chris pointed out there's a line that says, "Bones flirt with Griselda." A line from this story, or a skeleton hitting on a witch? And I just <laughs> laughed to myself because. I was already having the problem of Griselda reminding me too much of Grizabella, the cat from Cats, <laughs> like the main one of the main cats. And so when I read that note, I was just thinking like <laughs> I was just singing it as though in my head, as though it was the cats musical. Like get on all alone with a skelly. Is this kid just a moron? Am I just a gmail? <laughs> like, this is just... I was just, like, writing more words to it in my head. <laughs> so, for, like... I kept reading this and thinking about the mother as a fucking cat, and I just... I like, kept... To me, Griselda is a very cartoon <laughs> witch name. Yeah, And is, Bones yeah. is a very cartoon skeleton name. So, <laughs> to me... <laughs> It's just very. It bones flirt with Griselda. And I just saw like you know the, the oh. cartoon skeleton with like I don't know a oh, cigarette Frank. in his mouth, and oh. just trying to pick up the 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 cute witch Griselda. And yeah, it was the names were. I mean, this is just um sort of an us problem, but the names were uh an odd choice. Griselda is just yeah, I, Griselda. <laughs> that's yeah, you, you're right. It's like a cartoon witch or like a fucking cat. It's not. It's yeah. not someone's mom. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure people are named Griselda, but it, for the purposes of this stupid oh, fucking everyone story, everyone else calls like... her Miss. She's Mrs. Gigi to everyone else. Well, actually, maybe specifically on the phone, she's Mrs. Gigi because early on, that's right. It's it's Miss G or Mrs. Gigi on the phone, and I we both had the note of like like specifically on the phone, but yeah, no later on. She just called that in, you know, out off the phone in real life. So who? Yeah, I there's guess... so many weird things like that. Like she's known as Mrs. Gigi on the phone, or like uh, the characters have almond or caramel complexions. Almond or caramel. Almond or caramel. It doesn't say either. I mean, I hate both descriptors because you're talking about people like food, but like it. It doesn't say oh. 
She had, you know, light, warm, light brown skin. It says she had almond or caramel skin. I guess you decide. Do you want her to be almond sure. or caramel? Choose your own adventure on this time. Choose your own racial I don't want to write these descriptions. I'm really bad Ugh. at descriptions. Yeah, it's it was awful. Uh, you Oh, God, you pointed out probably the best. Other than the popcorn line, I think um, I should let you read this one because it was, it was your best friend. Uh this is, again, this is a bones joint here, and you can clearly see again how he's comic relief. Um, okay, so bones. This is early on in the book. Bones is just kind of rolling up to tea, and this is establishing him as comic relief. It says, "Bones say to tea, what up, bro? Have anybody told you that you look like that dude that sing dumb, dumb, dumb touch?" Bones start pop locking. T side eyes him and then turns his focus back to Gia. So anyway, this is just totally you know. Ignore- what is dum 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 touch? Dum 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 touch. Dum 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 touch. Is that uh, a song? Or maybe it's dum 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 touch. Dum dum dum. How many different ways can we do this, Paris? <laughs> dum dum touch. I don't know. Um, oh, you're you're quick. You're like dum dum touch. Dum dum touch. Dum dum touch. Which is like the sugar version. Yes, that is. Yeah, for he's a four, like four four thing, but it feels like it's in five, bro. You remind me of the song. I have a sugar. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. I think, again, it's just like a weird made-up thing, which doesn't... I don't know. It just doesn't It doesn't do anything it doesn't to the story. Like a real Why? <laughs> Why is this here? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, okay. and then possibly one of the worst parts about it is how it just, it just kind of ends. Like, both of the kids win their dance competitions and Gia gets crowned homecoming queen. And it's like, they kiss the end. That's yeah, it. It, it can't really give you points for originality on that one, man. It, but it just feels like because they didn't do anything about slide, right? Like there was no resolution no. there. <laughs> no, I mean there was some insinuation that G's dad was gonna like do something because he has some kind of connections, but it's it's he so has, like ephemeral. a bodyguard at one point for like we, the Calvin. He, what well, does he have a bodyguard does with a know? bodyguard and like never again? But we don't. I don't know what work he's doing. Yeah, I have no idea why he has a bodyguard. It doesn't make any sense. Um, just totally perplexing. As far as I know, isn't he... What? Didn't they tell you what he did for work? Wasn't he like a teacher? I don't know. He wasn't a teacher a with a bodyguard. I guess. Well, you know I guess. <laughs> I guess we are getting to that. We're at that, we're at that point, aren't we? Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't quite remember what his job was, but I think at some point it does explain what his job is. I just I don't remember. I don't know. Do we have anything else to say? Or or should we just launch into can we fix it? I don't know. It was, the only other note I see here is about the art management degree that's yeah, mentioned that you can get at Millennium University. Well, I, art management. Is that a degree? I don't know. Um, let's you gotta see manage the, the art. You know. See what uh, the internet says. Yeah, it says um, yeah, it says that is a degree. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure how useful a degree it would be, but um Is that just like a broker? Uh well, I guess there's like a master of science and arts management, which I don't fucking understand. What the hell does that mean? We're talking about like managing an arts program or like the inventory of a museum. No, that's museum stuff, that's different. Um <clears throat> this would be People who want to pursue professional careers in visual arts, performing arts, and art service organizations in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. Um, okay, yeah, I, uh, I guess if you want to like 
manage an art museum or like if you're really into like you're you like being create like you like the arts and creativity but you specifically want to admin yeah so i guess is needed that's a valid career. i guess that's fine okay i that's guess a that's a valid fine. thing i had just never heard of it before so i was wondering if that was real All right well I we learned something look at that we learned something at maximus millennium university college <laughs> all right chris can we fix it what do you think I, I mean, I'm just mystified about what compelled the author to write this. It seems like yeah. they just wanted to get the bare minimum of the thing happened out there. It reads like a summary, aside from counting to 10 and all the stretches and the <laughs> crowd cheering part right there. But it, it feels like they did this under the gun, like the, the speed joke that we made before. So I just, it feels so soulless. It's not like the, the, what point is trying to be made here. Okay, Chris, Story, I have a theory. What, what did they have to tell? I have a theory. I think theory. this was I think this was a university college assignment. <laughs> I think I think this person was in a class and had to write some had to like write a short story or something for school and had to do this. That is the only thing that makes any sense in my mind. There's no there's no what? passion behind this. I think this is what happened. I don't know what made him publish it on Amazon, but <laughs> maybe that was part of the assignment. Maybe he took a how to self-publish your work on the internet yes. <laughs> class. Like, I don't know. But that's my theory because... Amology, it, the latest degree at, at <laughs> Millennium University College. Yeah, he's there with uh, King Adonis, I'm sure. <sighs> yeah, I mean, for in terms of fixing it, I mean, either this whole thing just needs to be rewritten and reconceived to be a real book with, you know, things like descriptions, internal thoughts, and some kind of depth. Or, honestly, like, just do a little work and then, like, submit it to Dick Wolf for the 200th season of SVU. I'm sure they're keeping a stack yeah, he's probably He really needs, he really needs, like, so, like, just like, oh, there's, like, a bunch of dusty spec scripts in a like a side closet somewhere. <laughs> just every once in a while, they'll, like, dig it up and be like, I guess, I guess we'll do this one. Well, I mean, it's just going to continue forever. I mean, I, it's already in its 22nd season. It's been renewed for a 23rd. When Mariska Hargitay finally dies, they're just going to turn her into a cyborg. They're going to just keep replacing parts, and SVU is just going to continue. Oh, you're going to be able to deep, SVU is going to be the most deep fakeable show in the world because <laughs> they just have a, every angle and every possible scenario saying every word. Yeah. I mean, I'm, fi I'm fine with an eternity of terrible, hilarious iced tea lines and Mariska Hargitay investigating <laughs> all the things forever. It's fine. Just like millions of permutations of things to investigate and iced tea <laughs> lines endlessly forever. I mean, I it's yearn the AI for the world day that we're headed towards. I yearn for the day that iced tea walks in and says, baby, is it not anymore popular? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm really hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> But he's gonna, he would be sexy about it, I think. He'd be like, baby, is it not any more popcorn? No, no, no. He'd be like iced tea pissed. He has that particular oh, body flavor. Oh, iced tea. Oh, yeah. Body <laughs> yeah, he's, he's cop killing, looking for popcorn. <laughs> My favorite kind of iced tea. Oh, man. This is just. Okay. Uh, uh, I think we're done here, Paris, for a short read. Um, I will never, I'll never forget seeing, like, we signed body count to whatever. I've Century Media, and I was just like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Incredible. Oh, Incredible. All right. All right. Uh, that Baby, was a journey. Is it not any more patrons? <laughs> oh.
Thank you, Greg, Veronica, Will D, Jared, Aron, Senior, Yakub, Lycoris, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Luchek, Miri, Yanka, David, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Donnie, Crimson, Paladin, Beast with Elise, Scott H, Robin, Laxtodes of the Void, the taco-eating unicorn who flirt with Griselda, Last Man on Earth 01, Hotney <laughs> Robot with Antennas, Hobbyboy93, Harry, Renee, Emmy, Joy Use, The Ugly One, Bleach Black Cat, and Julius, the nice dragon, as well as our Kofi donor Kiwi thing. Baby, but there Chris, is any more patrons. But Chris, how are they known on the phone, though? Like, what are they called oh, on the fuck. phone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's sending what you're known as on the phone. God. All right, this is not the second time I've cried during this episode. <laughs> All right. I'm out of here, Paris. See you at uh, Millennium University College <laughs> home, uh, whatever comes after homecoming. Home going. Yeah, home going. Home fucking off. <laughs> Paris, who is also a main host. See you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club. Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts, Paris and Chris. Sound design and audio editing by Chris, with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris. Our theme song is Kiss by Yearn, which is, you guessed it, actually, also Chris. You can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com. Do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? Do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? If so, become a patron at patreon.com slash terriblebookclub. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com. Baby, is it not any more popcorn? <laughs>